Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, and so it is Vikings week. It is not the the headliner of all the rivalry games that we have with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the, the Packers being the one that you want to win the most. I still don't like losing to the Vikings. I think the Vikings actually bother me the most because over the last, what, 30 years, the Packers have been pretty good. They've had good quarterbacks. They've had all that stuff. Like, they've sort of earned their – although we did very well against them in the 2000s uh, with Lovey Smith. They've sort of earned it. Like, they're they're okay. The Vikings have done nothing for nothing. Like, they're just – why? Like, what are, what are you doing? Like, the Vi- like you're just the Vikings. You're the mid-cardiest jobbers of, of the all-time mid-carders. Like you're not, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Do you even go to Super Bowl? When was the last time you were even in a Super Bowl? I can't even remember. Was it Fran Tarkinen? It's just, I, I don't know. And and when we lose to the Vikings, it actually sort of hurts worse. And I told Tyler Scott this the other day. We cannot lose to this team, especially not at this juncture of the season. So I want to beat this team, and I can't wait to talk about it. So Sam, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. New night, new time, but the same great Chicago Bears talk. That's right. It's a Wednesday night. We will get you done in plenty of time so you can go to the Tape Never Lies Network and go see Draft Dr. Phil, Shane, Marsa, and, of course, all those great folks over there. No AEW tonight because it was on last night because of the baseball playoffs. You can go watch the Diamondbacks and Dodgers or whatever. We don't care about that. We care about the Chicago Bears. And so when I wanted to bring somebody on the show, and he's a regular guest onto the show, I said, I need somebody here. We need some big momentum. We need to continue everything that has happened over the last couple of days or the last couple of weeks, actually, even though the Chicago Bears did not win two weeks ago against the Denver Broncos. And that'll be one that I look back on and be like, how? I think we'll look at the end of the season and be like, how do we lose to the Broncos? Like somebody explain this one to me because it makes absolutely no sense. And that's okay. But we beat the Washington Commanders. We have our mini-buy. And then last year, after our mini-buy, we came out and we smoked the New England Patriots. Now we get a Minnesota Vikings team who is without Justin Jefferson. And here to break it down, the former bricklayer himself from CHGO. 
Please welcome back to the show our friend, Greg Braggs, who is joining us, who rushed home. I, I appreciate you. I know that you, uh, listen, I didn't want you to have to leave early or do anything like that, but you made it on time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I was producing the White Sox show and I was like, hey guys, let's keep it tight. Off season, it's, uh, it's off season for the White Sox. So I told him, let's make a move here. And then I able to get down to the Dan Ryan in easy fashion. It's you just never know with traffic in Chicago, but today it was, it was nice to me. So that was a good sign for things to come this week. That is funny because it's, it's similar in Southern California. Cause I will do a hit with Rogers Sportsnet in Canada on Monday nights. And it's always at a time. It's like, ah, do I leave right after the fantasy live show? Or do I wait? And I always end up waiting because I'm a scaredy cat. Right. And so I appreciate you making the effort and uh, being right, here. Because if, if you get caught in the abyss, there's yeah. there's no getting out of it. Right. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than that than being like I. I cannot tell you. Actually, I can tell you. It's happened three times where I've had to be. I had to pull off the 405 in Southern California, get to a Starbucks, and uh, I'm sitting there doing a news hit from a Starbucks, and people are looking <laughs> at me like a weirdo and. I don't know. It's just a, it's an interesting scene. I think it's kind of, I, I don't know. I guess people are cool with it, but, um, but Hey, look at you. You got the meatball Island shirt. on. I was honored. I was wondering when you were going to notice it. I was like, I, you popped on before the show. And you, <laughs> you, I don't, yeah, I was like, you're either no selling it or uh, you're not noticing that I'm wearing it. It actually <laughs> arrived. It arrived today. Actually. No, it arrived last night. Nice. So, That's a big thrill for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. We, we, we're having some fun with the meatball Island thing and, um yeah it feels like we're starting you know it was the island was getting desolate there for a minute you know and 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 we were taking on a lot of water and yeah. now now the tide is starting to go back and we're starting to feel a little bit of sunset on our face sun sunrise and sun on our face and and maybe get some drinks in hand if we can win a couple more games and get back to 500. Well, how, how, how back are you because I I thought about this I was talking to Tyler Scott about this the other night I never was all I, I I've always been a big fields guy and we did the video and everything. And thank you for having me be a part of that as well, even though I was super late, but we're, we're, we're big fields guys, but we also understand the way the NFL works. And it's like, okay, I, after that win on Thursday night, I was immediately all the way back in being like, you know, my 12 and five prediction actually might not be that far <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, how, how far back have you come back? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat with you. I'm already drawing up scenarios. I had picked them to win nine games, so I was, you know, soft on the meatball oh, there. I know I was playing it safe, but now, because like, like you said, those first few weeks, those are three games in the Packers, the Bucks, and Broncos. I I expected them to win, right? And and you look at how they played against Washington, and you're like, how the hell can you guys lose to these guys? And and that's what's so frustrating. With the Washington game, it was so much fun to watch that game. But mm. the better they played in that game, the more pissed off I got about the Denver game because yeah. we'd have a chance here this this Sunday against the Vikings to get back to, to five hundred if they just hadn't you know slipped on the banana peel at the end of that game. But that's all right. Eyes on the future. They've turned the corner. We've always said that while we all have these record, you know, you know, um, dreams of grandeur when it comes to. Uh, you know, record and how they're going to do sneak into the playoffs, all that stuff. But we always said from the start that all that mattered was the development of Justin Fields and whatever else happened after that is fine. And what we're seeing these last two weeks, 
I don't care if you're a non-believer or, or a believer, what you've seen from him the last two weeks, there's no way you can't be encouraged by this. Yeah. It's, it's different than last year's adjustments. Last year when they made the adjustment and went a lot of QB designed runs, they were passing the football, but a lot of the highlight reel plays were him doing everything on his own. This Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton thing all balled into one. This year, they make the adjustment, and it's everything's behind the line of scrimmage, gripping and ripping the football. And it does seem like he has taken the next step in his development. Now let's see how many more steps he can take. Is it something to be said? Because I, I the first three weeks were obviously frustrating. Because uh, even with the Broncos game, losing the Broncos game, because I joked, I'm like, at least we're back to where we were last year, where we're entertaining, we're fun, we're not winning, but at least we're entertaining, we look like a competent football team. Do you suppose that the first couple of weeks were just, I mean, it's frustrating because you're like, he can run, like, why aren't we just running? Why doesn't he just win it on his own? But it feels like, it's kind of like when, and again, I know I use way too many golf analogies, but like when you're working on something new in your golf game, you're like, you just have to keep doing this and... You just have to keep getting this repetitive motion in, and you got to start trusting this. And then it eventually clicks. I think the touchdown pass to Chase Claypool in Tampa Bay like sort of woke him up. Like, oh, I can do this. I can play at this level. Yeah. And now it's just carried on from there. Yeah, I, I I can see that. You know, to me, it's about the repetition, and it also is a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're seeing guys wide open to start the year, clapping their hands. And he's sta- he's looking right at him, and and he's not passing it. You know he's capable of throwing that football. It was almost as if he became catatonic. You know, it, everything snowballed so much that he couldn't see the most obvious guy standing right in front of him because the, ever the speed of the game just became so overwhelming. And there's a lot of variables that can go into that at times. Pressure, the pressure you put on yourself, the pressure that everybody else is harping on you. And the more it's, it's, you know, positive and negative contagiousness is a real thing, right? Yeah. In baseball, you're a big baseball oh God, guy. Yeah. Hitting is contagious. It's not something you can quantify on a stat sheet, but all of a sudden the whole team starts hitting the ball when one guy starts hitting the ball. And, and to me, as much as it was about the repetition, it was about going up against a team in Denver who doesn't have a great defense, gives up a lot of yards, and Justin was just able to see it. A few yeah. times. Okay, this is this feels right. It, you know, another uh, sports analogy. You know, a, a basketball a, a basketball player that can't find a shot. Just get to the free throw line and put a couple in. Now you've got that rhythm. Now you've seen a couple go in, and everything else starts to open up for you. I think as much of a repetition thing, it's also a confidence thing, and his confidence is growing, and that means his confidence throwing the football, but his confidence standing in the pocket too. And there's some been some really nice pockets created for him the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Darnell Wright in a little bit, but talking about the big plays or the confidence and things like that, you know, Tyler Scott's been harping on the, the fact that he's been throwing with convinc- conviction over the last couple of weeks. And so I go back a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, listen, I, I have to state this again. I'm a big, I'm a Justin Fields guy. Like, don't like go back. I got, I've, I've, that was the guy that I wanted. That's the guy that I've supported. I still believe in him, but I thought it was fair to say that he needs to go out and start winning some games. Like, I love it. I love the, the fantasy aspect of it. I love putting up great numbers, 
But when you have an opportunity, and I understand the game against Denver, it's not his fault. It is not his fault that the game, like he did not lose that game. There has to become, there has to be a time though, whether it's your fault or not, as the right. quarterback of this team, you have to go out and win games. And I think Justin would even agree with that. I, I think that I, I'm not telling tales out of school. I thought the third touchdown pass to DJ Moore was that moment for him. Like, yes, there it is. Go win us the game. Like We're already leading, but you know, we've seen this way too many times, a three and out it's third and one. Here comes a, a Matt Nagy jet sweep to, you know, somebody that's going to lose 12 yards or whatever. Justin went out there and made a play. And I, I think that some people think that I'm harping way too much on this, but for me, I thought that was a huge moment for him. Am I reading way too much into this? No, not at all. I mean, you'll have the nitpickers going, well, that was a dangerous throw. But at the same time, he ripped it. He didn't yeah. hesitate. And because his, you know, his arm strength was so so good on that play, he he blew right past the DB. It was a close play, but guess what? That's the, the it's a game of inches. Draft Dr. Phil will be the first one to tell you that ball. He always says it's an oblong ball. It bounces a different way. And it, you know, it's a game of inches. So you, you can harp on the inches when they don't go your way, but when they do go your way, you got to give them credit. And he was that many inches better than the DB on that throw. And think about that moment too. Your running backs are out. You're, you got a fullback as your running back. It's a yeah. short yardage. You need the first down. They're begging you to, to test the one-on-one -on, -one on the outside with DJ Moore. Well, I was at training camp all summer long. DJ Moore wins his one-on-ones. So you take that matchup. You don't play into their hand and do some kind of short yardage thing that may or may not work. Now they've gotten the tush push. Seems like they've figured that out. But at the same time in the Denver game, they didn't convert on fourth down and that ended up being their demise. So this time you put the ball in the hands of your two best playmakers, Justin Fields and DJ Moore. You get a one-on-one, -on -one, take what the defense is giving you and you see the result from there. touchdown, Bears winning big instead of it being some, you know, scary, scary moment in the fourth quarter like we're too used to in Chicago. All too familiar in Chicago. And Tyler Scott even put it better or not better, but put it best when he said that was NFL open. That's 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 your window yep. in the NFL like that yep. is it. And and for the people and they I because I tweeted out the video and I made the point about like this is where we wanted to see Justin win a game. We've lost 14 of these in a row. This is when he needed to make a big play, and he went out and made it. Case closed. And so the people, like you said, you know, they could have been, could have been, it wasn't, right. could have been. I it's can a, confirm. It's it a dangerous throw. And to Tyler Scott's point, NFL Open is a dangerous throw. You got to make them. Yeah, I mean, like the worst, the worst it would have been was like him not make the throw, and then him dance around and get sacked, and people like, oh, you got to trust your one on one. Like, there's, there's no pleasing everybody. Like, no matter what is happening. Yep. And I, I don't think that it's I, I really don't think that it's selling it too hard to really talk about that being a confidence booster. And again, it goes back to, oh, well, you need your wide receiver to make plays for you. I'm like, you know what? A lot of wide receivers make plays for quarterbacks. We'll see. We'll see how good uh, Kirk Cousins is this week without Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And like, look at even, even looking at last week. What the Cincinnati Bengals were able to accomplish. Now, I understand it's the Arizona Cardinals, not necessarily one of the elite teams in the NFL. 
But when they needed to get stuff done, Joe Burrow, who I feel is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the second best, goes out there and just just decides, like, I'm only throwing it to Jamar Chase. Like, yeah, this right. is actually a good recipe. And I kind of like what Justin's doing with that. Well, I mean, you saw that with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's yeah, true. That, that chemistry can't be quantified. You cannot... That takes years for that kind of chemistry to develop. And you're already seeing how good Justin Fields and DJ Moore can be together. Imagine how they'll be three years from now if they have that opportunity. To me, you look at Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. He could throw it blindfold, back shoulder fade to the corner when they need it. Got to have it on third down. You don't have that, and now... You're a tick slower. You're you're not sure where the receiver wants it. The wide receiver doesn't know how the quarterback's gonna put it. That takes years to figure out. And so you can't you can't sell that short. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No, not at all. And it's and it's nothing to be ashamed of either because all the good ones do it. Joe Montana to Jerry Rice. All those guys for years. Like it's now when Justin does it, it's like, well, look at this guy. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks who are like that. You know, it's very, you know, especially this stage of their career, like especially like early on Tom Brady was, you know, having to rely on Dion Branch and players like that. And then eventually Randy Moss before he could turn anybody into a, a superstar. So well, I, we, we talked with Cole Komet. We have him on weekly with CHGO and he came on here on Tuesday and he said when we were in the film room, it was exciting because we played well and we left a lot of plays out there. So that's that's such a great sign. Because the nitpickers, guess what? They see it too. The players see it in the film room. And yeah. they're holding themselves to a higher standard where they made all these plays, almost 300 yards, four touchdowns, and going, hey, we left five, six, seven plays on the field that we could get back. So to me, that just shows you where the confidence is growing with this team. Yeah, and by the way, before anybody jumps in on that, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and teams like that look at their film and they have five or six plays that they leave out there as well. There's plenty of times. So it's it's every NFL team, but it's good that the Bears are overcoming it as opposed to having it sink them for a change. And that's one of the things that I've noticed about this week. Now, obviously, the Minnesota Vikings, same record, one and four. The Green Bay Packers, two and three. They beat us in week one. Detroit's a different animal. They're playing great. I'm not going to even try to not even going to try to take a shot at them, but of the three teams of the bottom dwellers of the NFC North, I feel the best about us. And I know that we're homers and we're sitting here on meatball Island and all that good stuff. I really do feel good about the situation that we're in. I go, yeah, I think, it, and even again, losing to Denver that sucked, but I'm like, we put two to two back-to-back really good games out there. These other teams can't make that claim. Green Bay looks like they're hoping to hang on. Their win over the Saints was a miracle. Their win over the Bears was like, okay, you got us again. But like they look terrible. The Vikings, the Vikings are just the Vikings. Like, dad, you're 
it could go either way, but that's like the way that you've been for 30 years. So it's, I feel the best about us right now. And I don't think that it's, I don't think I should apologize for that. No, I don't think so. I mean, every team has their flaws, but which team is starting to trend in the right direction? Minnesota's going the other way. Now, Justin Jefferson's out for four weeks. That's not their fault, but it's that now that adds into the way they're trending. Same Mm -hmm. with the green Bay Packers. I mean, Jordan love just threw three interceptions. He's starting to really look like he's struggling with the deep passing game. You've got a, you know, you've got, if you watch Packer fans, it's funny because they're going through what we've been through so many times now trying to assign blame. Is yeah. it the, and you see some guys blaming the coach. Oh, it's Ma- the coach now. Yeah, it's the coach. And we've been there. We get it. Packer fans. We've been there and it, it can be very confusing when you don't know why your offense isn't working when your quarterback is ineffective and it's easy to point at offensive line and easy to blame the coaches. I think Matt LaFleur is scheming it up as best he can. And I think at the end of the day, Jordan love has limitations. And also he hasn't worked with these wide receivers. We just talked about building chemistry with guys. You know, you're only going to have Christian Watson wide open so many times at the end of the day, you got to be able to hit Romeo Dobbs on the side and he can't drop the ball. And and that, those things are going to happen when you're a young team. So now you see the bears here trending in the right direction, eight touchdowns in the last two games, for God's sakes, with Justin Fields, DJ Moore lighting up the league All, it, it, to me. Now you have an opportunity this Sunday against Minnesota to really put your stamp on that. And you talk about trending in the right direction. The Vikings are still favored in this game. The Bears. What the- <laughs> I, I get it. It's it. Cause I, I, well, it comes out like, I, I always have to explain this to people. I know I don't, I don't have to explain this to you, but it's like the way the line is set up, it's not of like, who's the better team, but where's the money going? Yep. And people, for whatever reason, want to put their money on the Minnesota Vikings. And you know what? Do it. Do it. Yeah, I I guess the Bears at the end of the day got to earn that trust, right? Maybe if they had beaten Denver. And that's where it's like it's getting skewed because I, against my own good, my own judgment, I picked, I thought Washington was going to beat the Bears. I was so Mm. demoralized after they lost to Denver. Short rest, on the road tough defensive line. I'm like, man, they're in trouble. Guys are going to be getting fired on Friday, but that's not what happened. They turned the corner and maybe I should have put my feelings to the side. And maybe Vegas does too, when it comes to them blowing that game in against Denver, because if not, they'd be somewhat the talk of the NFL right now of, Hey, they're turning the corner all of a sudden, but since they're one and four, they still got to earn that title. And now they have that opportunity. They slipped on the banana peel once, but you have that opportunity with the Vikings and Raiders, two winnable games back to back. They should be favored, but they're not because they haven't earned that right to Vegas yet. And to me, with Justin Jefferson out, you're at home. Yes, you've got some injuries to deal with. So does everyone else. They don't have Justin Jefferson. No excuses. Go win the damn football game. No, it's very true. The Bears have had some injuries, especially on the defensive side of the football. And if I might for a second, just going through, uh, Kyler Gordon was limited in practice on Wednesday. Khalil Herbert, Travis Homer, and Roshan Johnson did not practice at all. Uh, Eddie Jackson was limited. Cole Komet, our guy, was limited. Uh, Doug Kramer was back, full full practice. And Jalen Johnson limited with a hamstring. So yeah, we've got our injuries too. Yep. And we're not making excuses. We're going out there and we're doing our thing. Who steps up? Like, what are we going to do at running back? Like that's, that's one, like, I, I mean, I hope that Roshan is cleared, 
But if not, then what happens? Would Velas ever get some snaps back there? <laughs> I, I think they'll start with Deontay Foreman first, a proven veteran back in this league. Um, you know, a, a guy that uh, last year people were picking up in fantasy, you know, playing for Carolina. So, you know, to me, he's going to get the bulk share. Then you have R- R- um, Robert Burns, who's out of UConn. Yeah. Uh, and if you watch the preseason, he had some moments where you're like, okay, he can run the ball, you know? Um, so I, I, you know, I think he'll get limited snaps, but maybe a few you're praying that Roshan Johnson can get off that concussion list. Yeah. Um, we'll see, uh, probably not likely, but not, not out of the realm of possibility. So you just monitor that closely, but it'll start with Deontay Foreman, Robert Burns, and you know, maybe Bayless gets a few more, uh, reps as far as, you know, them doing some design, you know, sweeps and runs. I think you might see a few more of those, but they, they really haven't used Velas Jones too much. And it has been a, a bit of a surprise, although his motion in the backfield does affect things and yeah. it helps with your counter game. When you motion him one way, get a guy out of there you know, where their zone is, move them over just a little bit. Now, all of a sudden that opens the door for Khalil Herbert or opens the door for a counter. So, you know, people like to bag on Valus Jones because he's had a tough go of it here this first year and a half, but his presence and speed, his, the presence of his speed alone dictates the way a defense is moving pre-snap and that shouldn't be underestimated. No, every you know everything counts in these situations, and so I, I think that he when he's out there, I think he does draw some attention because of his speed, and you can't ignore him. Deontay Foreman though seemed to fall out of favor with the staff. What was was what was the issue? Because it just felt like you know last season he had five one hundred yard rushing games. He was a huge pickup in fantasy. And by the way, speaking of fantasy football, the easiest way to play fantasy football is with Underdog Fantasy, and of course you can go to UnderdogFantasy.com. Or you can, better yet, download the app and get started. It gives you updates. So, you know, if Travis Kelsey is able to play tomorrow night, boom, Underdog will let you know immediately so you can get him into your lineups. It's quick and easy to get started. And by the way, if you go in right now, first-time users, Underdog Fantasy will match your initial deposit up to $100 just as long as you use the promo code SICK to get that promo code and to get a get your first deposit matched. And uh, we did set up a couple of leagues, so go check those out. We tweeted them out last week, so anybody who's looking to play, uh, we got some best ball things coming out, so check it out, underdogfantasy.com. But Deontay Foreman, though, it felt like he did, like, he just he just isn't in the mix. Is there any reason why? I, I just think it was a roster numbers game. I don't think it's anything that he did, like, where he's – you know, uh, falling out of favor. I think it was more what Roshan Johnson was doing, mm-hmm. promising young rookie that they've invested a lot in. And then also just the numbers game of the roster. When you consider all the injuries and where they need depth in certain position groups and who's going to be active on game day, they, they, I think they just looked at it like Khalil Herbert's going to get the lion's share of the carries. Or maybe the maybe I shouldn't say lion's share because we're you nah. know, we're not a Detroit podcast, I but I the bull share of the carries and uh, uh. you know and then you got you know Roshan Johnson getting the rest of them and it's like is it worth it to have Deontay Foreman active 
if he's not going to get many snaps when we need depth in our secondary, which literally is a mass unit or, you know, uh, the offensive line has had a lot of injuries of their own here to start the year. So I, I think that's what it had more to do with. And so I feel very good about Deontay Foreman going into this game. Yeah, you know, in the offensive line, you just mentioned it a moment ago, Tevin Jenkins returns, looks great right off the bat. So you're yep. like, we're very encouraged by that. Darnell Wright, though, is smoking people. And I feel this has been one of the more underreported things because obviously a lot of people, they, they see Jalen Carter and, you know, he plays for a high-profile team, so people talk about him. I still think it was the best idea to not draft him. I don't know that he would have fit in here. And Darnell Wright playing so well is really working out for us. And man alive, I loved watching him get down. And who was the kid that he vaporized? Uh, Tyler was talking about it because they were watching film. I'm like, oh my gosh, that poor young man. Yeah, he didn't D know what to do. The DB? Yes. Yes. On the, he had one on a counter where he just eviscerated the DB. And then one to the right side where he's like going to the sideline and completely yeah. wipes a guy out. Um, his speed is impressive for his size. Yeah, I think, and I, I don't think it's my imagination that this offensive line is playing a lot better, yep. and I think that they deserve a little bit of credit in that front. No, they, they. I mean, now Nate Davis has come back. Uh, my guy Nick Moriano, he 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 highlighted a play where Nate Davis is like twenty five yards downfield quickly too, and just being very aggressive and active. You see that tandem with him and Darnell Wright at one point when um I I watched one play that was broken down where they passed off the stunt to each other mm -hmm. and they're like chipping one way. And then Nate Davis comes and, and takes over the guy that's stunting coming, coming, trying to come on the inside. So they're already having a little bit of chemistry there. Uh, then you just talk about Darnell Wright's athleticism on some of these counter plays. Uh, it, it's, he's been great. He's going to get beat a few times as a rookie. He'll get beat even going forward when he's not a rookie. It happens in this league. Absolutely. Uh, but for anybody that wants to talk about Jalen Carter, and I was one of those people, like if you were standing next to me, the minute the bears were on the clock, I wanted to draft Jalen Carter. Okay. But at the same time, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. If you're a bears fan, you want to develop the quarterback you want, even if you believe in fields or don't believe in fields. All I ever hear is, well, this isn't a healthy Chicago's never a healthy environment to develop a quarterback. Well, then you can't complain about them drafting a top 10 tackle, right? You know, and, and, and with the upcoming draft next year that no one wants to talk about that I can't stop talking about because I have these dreams of this dynasty one day in our not too distant future. Well, they could draft another tackle maybe out of Penn state with one of those picks. And now you've got bookend tackles, both in the top 10. You want to talk about pedigree of talent, you know, yeah. and, and that's the kind of environment you want to develop a quarterback in. Uh, so yeah, I love what I'm seeing from Darnell, Wright. He's nasty. He's physical, you know, his, you know, Brian Baldinger was like, you know, the, if his biggest, you know, complaint is that sometimes he'll over maul a guy. I think that's yeah. a good, that's a good problem to have. That's something you can work with. Yeah. Brian Baldinger was talking about him in April before the draft, we were doing an episode of total access and you know, I was doing, Oh, you know, this is actually back when I was doing my mock draft with a twist. So I was kind of trying to, I was trying to get his input on some of the guys and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm having this team draft a tackle who, who do you like of these guys? He's like, oh, I love, he loved our guy. Uh, he loved right. Darnell, right. 
he's like that. This is my favorite player. Like of all the all the offensive tackles, this is the guy that I think is going to be the best. And was it's really funny, talking. The, about- the, the football guys all are in the same boat. F- draft Doctor Phil was that way. He was saying mm-hmm. it before the draft. Corey Wooten with us saying the same thing weeks before the draft. Brian Baldinger. So they all were on to something, you know. Yeah. And and then the Bears draft him. So there you go. Yeah, it was perfect. And it, it is one of those things that, again, like, I wish we could, I wish we had more picks and we could have taken Jalen Carter too, but we didn't. And by the way, Detroit could have taken him too. So don't ever, I think Detroit's more egregious than us. Like you had a chance, like uh, you could have put him with Aiden Hutchinson. What would your defense look like? So don't come after us. Our player is pretty good. And it's got to be one of the, and it's always one of those things too. I got to ask you this because he just obviously spoke to the media today. Jace Claypool was down in uh, Miami talking about whatever and he's fine like it is what it is losing sucks okay I get it I have never in my flipping life ever like ever like one of the guys on the fantasy show who was sitting there was like oh I can't believe the Bears gave up the third I'm like stop why did I've never heard anybody identify the pick number on it it was a second round pick it was a second round pick stop with the number I'm so so tired of it. The Bears were three and two. They flipped a second round pick that they got from the Ravens and they took a chance on a guy and it didn't work out. That's fine. Why? If you're going to give them that much grief for Chase Claypool and how that worked out, then like we, but you're giving them his flowers for getting multiple picks and DJ Moore right. for Bryce. Like Bryce Young looks terrible. Right. He could end up being a boss. Like he could end up being somebody who can't play in this league and trading him straight up for DJ Moore would be significant. We might end up with the first overall pick in the draft because of it. So I, I I think that as much as you want to clown us for chase Claypool, and even though we don't want to talk about the draft, he deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to pull off. I agree. I agree. I don't expect my GM to bat a thousand. I don't expect him to. And I understand hindsight is 2020 when it comes to chase Claypool and everyone's, you know, pulling their Monday morning quarterback expertise from it. Now that the, the dust has settled with, you know, the conclusion that it wasn't a good move and good for you. If you knew right away, it wasn't a good move. Good for you. But you didn't know that DJ Moore was going to be a bear. You didn't know where the bears were going to draft. You didn't know if they were going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. You knew that the wide receiver market didn't have much to offer to help yeah. your team. So I understood why, you know, it's always I, the, Matt Painter. I talk about him all the time, but he says, don't tell me about the results. Tell me about the process. So it's easy to criticize the result that it didn't work out, but understand what the process of the decision was and mm-hmm. why they did it. And if you can't rationalize and understand the position he was in, they needed to get ahead of a wide receiver market that was non-existent. They needed to help try to develop Justin Fields with more wide receiver talent. Again, Bears fans can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You can't in one breath say, oh, Equinamia St. Brown, Dante Pettis are screwing him. They need more talent. And then when your GM tries to go get talent, that then be upset when it doesn't work out. He tried. And the thing that I think bears fans need to focus on more so than the fact that it didn't work out is the fact that the GM acknowledged it when he did, 
Yeah. He, 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 a quarter into the season and he got rid He's of gone. Him. He's out. Yeah. And that's... Uh, how many GMs would just let that drag out to its dying day and refuse oh. to ever admit that it was his wrongdoing him trading him is Ryan Poles admitting I messed up and I'm going to, you know, nip this in the bud right here, right now. Yeah, it's like dating a stripper the first time. And you're like, you know what? It seems like a great idea. And then you're like, hey, we, we made a mistake. You, It's better to break up with her before she burns down your house. That is that is exactly what he did. He's like, okay, like, I need you to get out of here. And he changed the locks, and that's fine. And I don't, and it's funny because he even set him up on a, in, in a nice place. He could have sent him to, you know, uh, you know, Siberia and yeah. instead he sent him to Miami, you know? So credit to Paul, uh, Ryan Poles there, you know, it, that was, that was nice of him. He didn't have to do that. I'm sending you to Saskatchewan to play for the rough riders. Yeah, I, it is. And it's funny. I haven't talked to Tyler about it yet, but I know that him, I know that, uh, him and chase were close. So I, it, it's just, you know, it's just one of those unfortunate things. I don't think he's a bad person. I just think it was a situation and what he talked about in Miami today on Wednesday, he was like, Hey, the losing kind of snowballs and things go wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that you came from the Steelers organization, which is used to winning. This could have been something cool, especially if the bears would have kept like starting to win a lot of those one score games. Like if they would have pulled a dog, like, but then again, like, it worked out perfectly because we got DJ Moore. So if that's what the right. worst part of it is, and I know that I know that Joey Porter Jr. had an interception this week. He's still not starting yet, but he did have a big interception for the Steelers. Yep. So congratulations to him. But you know what? Tyreek Stevenson's playing well. So I'm not Which was not, also a part of the trade back yeah. from one to to the Panthers at nine. That was one of the picks that was involved in that. Yeah. So that's where I'm gonna be a menace. Like it's it's more so like what's the difference between Joey Porter Jr. and Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson is playing a lot for us. And I think as the defense starts to get better, and let me ask you about the defense, because if I'm not mistaken, it feels like they got a little riskier. Yep. And I don't know if it's because Eberflus is calling the plays now, but I, I give him a lot of credit too. Uh, if, if this is a, a, a concerted effort by Matt Eberflus, who I've been critical of, that hey, listen, we got to get to the quarterback some way, somehow. Let's send some pressure. This isn't this isn't my normal thing. I really do believe that they're starting to make some plays. And again, like you know, that I don't think that I I think that the Denver game, a lot of blame could be cast aside to a, a wide variety of people. But I got to give them credit too for what happened on um, on Thursday night against the Commanders. You absolutely do. And even in the Denver game. The fact that they were playing the way they were early on was a surprise. Again, they had no secondary. Jaquan no. Brisker's out. Eddie Jackson's out. Jalen Johnson's out. Kyler Gordon's out. Josh Blackwell's out. This is literally their entire <laughs> secondary, ladies and gentlemen. Like to expect them to play good defense under those circumstances is a tall order. And Washington, to their credit, they battled their ass off. Terrell Smith who was early on in camp showing that yeah. he was this diamond in the rough type player. And then he started to lose some reps. Once Tyreek Stevenson started to find his footing. Now look at him, Matt Eberflus is saying today in the presser. Oh yeah. He's going to be playing more because they found something in this guy. So through the, through the thick of the, the toughness of these injuries. Now you've found a little more, you know, pieces to help to the puzzle. You get some of these guys back have an opportunity, but I do agree to your point that they, they got more aggressive against Washington because they have no choice. 
why yeah. it took them, you know, four or five weeks to come to that realization. Same with some of the decisions they were doing, you know, offensively, you know, from, you know, fourth and short, no tush push and all that stuff. Like to me, that's the biggest gripe I'd have is where they didn't recognize the obvious adjustments that need to be made. And that included getting after the quarterback by sending more than just your front four. Yeah. It, it was an obvious thing that any, you know, meatball like me or you could, could, could say that. Yeah. And, and Brian Baldinger was banging his hand on the table for it. And, and for whatever reason, Matt Eberflus was determined to try to prove otherwise, but he finally gave in and started sending guys from different places and getting the quarterback off his, off his spot. And it helped. So, you know, you hope this week, I mean, Kirk cousins, ain't a, ain't a young quarterback. Like we just saw in Sam Howell, who was yeah. making like his fifth start, you know, Kirk cousins is, you know, more, more of a veteran, you know, he's not the perfect quarterback, but he can be consistent if you give him a pocket. So, you know, they're going to have to be even more exotic with their blitzes and what they're showing pre-snap this week. But uh, it's a step in the right direction. You know, when we were talking to Nick Moriano today, I kind of, you know, held his feet to the fire on it because I really want Kyler Gordon to return. You want to talk about storylines that haven't been talked about enough. Not having him out there, I don't, re I don't think a, a lot of Bears fans realize the impact they're missing there. He yeah. was the MVP of training camp. As far as guys you were looking at, like this dude is going to make a name for himself this year. Physical corner that, you know, has a lot of energy that's jumping routes and showed everything that you want out of a second round pick that they got him at last year. He was getting ready to make this big jump. He gets hurt right away. And now everyone's kind of forgotten about him. So I'm hoping when he comes back, he asserts himself the way it looked like he was going to, to start the year. Well, I'll never forget. And I think that, uh, you know, and it's the way that the NFL works. The, the fact that they trusted him so much last year to put him in the nickel, which, you know, it, the NFL's changed so much because people think like, oh, the, the nickel corners, the third, like, no, no, no. That's where you're covering the slot guy like that. That is actually the most important position to be playing. And if you are getting a lot of trust, especially early in your career, that means something. And so to have Kyler Gordon back, and I don't know what his status will be. Like I said, he was limited in practice today. So it would be a great if he could come back, especially yeah. this week. Yeah, like I said, Nick alluded to that. Like, I was like, is he going to play? And he was like, I think there's a really good chance. And he couldn't divulge because the rules are until practice is over. He couldn't say who was or wasn't practicing. Then the report comes out after practice that he was limited. So he's out limited. there. So yeah. that means, you know, there's this 21 day window. They could really be waiting and maybe they still will. But the fact that he's out there practicing is a good sign that there's a, there's a, there's a good chance he could play on Sunday. Yeah. There could be some consideration given we've seen teams play conservative with some of their stuff. Let me ask you about the Vikings though, real quick, before we turn to some questions uh, from the audience. Justin Jefferson will have to miss at least four games. And I don't know if this is fantasy people who got into this, but now people are like, he might not ever play again for the Minnesota Vikings. Do you feel like that could legitimately be the case? Justin Jefferson, I think it, there's a very good chance he's played his last game. I don't, he doesn't strike me as the guy that enjoys himself in Minnesota. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't. Now, money talks. All right. So, you know, if Minnesota throws an insane offer at him, I could see him returning. But I was talking with Shane Marshall on the on the drive up. 
uh, to work today. And we were talking about this, you know, the, the Vikings front office is analytically driven. And Mm -hmm. so they don't care as much about the talent. Like Shane was saying, they're looking at it from a strictly a numbers game and paying a wide receiver, the amount of money that he's going to command may not be in the cards for Quezzy, you know? And so in that regard, it may not just be about what Justin Jefferson wants to do. What does Quezzy want to do too? Because they're in, they're in a spot where they have to kind of reload and paying a quarterback before or, or a wide receiver before you know who your quarterback is, is probably not the best way to go about it. Now you don't want to let a talent like that go, but again, the money he's going to command is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's very true. And so, oh gosh, I, it's hard to imagine. Like I even think about this as I'm working through the scenario. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine any team shutting it down. I know that the Rams did, but the Rams, the, the Rams were going to keep Cooper cup. Like that's why I was, that's why I would think like, yeah, get Justin Jefferson back out there as soon as he's able to go. And then I don't know, whatever. Um, if, if we never see him in Minnesota again, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. I hope he enjoys his time with the I, LA I, Chargers. I, I'll tell you a little story. I've never told this on the air, but I'll tell right. it today. Cause I don't care. I'm feeling frisky. All right. I may or may not have ran into a GM that works for the Vikings. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say his name down in Indianapolis around the combine. And I, you know, really nice guy. And I jokingly said to him, and this was last year, I go, Hey, I'll give you the number one pick for Justin Jefferson. And he goes, would you do that? And I go, would you do that? Is the question. And he smiled and he goes, I might, I might. (laughs) And so like, it was tongue in cheek, like I said, but at the same time, he didn't say, oh, no, no way, no way, no how. So maybe you come back this year. Like, to me, if we had offered our first pick last year for Justin Jefferson, we probably would have had to give him more than just the first pick. Yeah. But this year's first pick, you want that, Quezzy, for Justin Jefferson? You're going to have to give a lot more than Justin Jefferson for that. Yeah, well, Danielle Hunter is going to be a free agent, so that'll be awesome. So they're in a real, they're in a real spot. I mean, they might have to trade him as well. I mean, of all the players, I think they could be on the move. Like, that's the one because I, I don't know if they had – I, I think it's something about, like, you can't franchise tag a guy a second time. Or the agreement was is when he signed his deal, they wouldn't franchise tag him again. So I think if, I, if, I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, it, this is a one-term thing for him or one, one-year thing for him, and I think they could I, – I, unless – I don't remember him signing a long-term deal, but then, you know, I'm also in the mode right now where I'm only paying attention to offensive minded players, but let's take some questions before we take a question from the crowd. Uh, I want to remind everybody the best place to watch bears games in Chicago is game room, Chicago, which features billiards, shuffleboard, ski ball, pop a shot and more. And has plenty of space to watch your favorite games with a menu featuring Michelin starred chef, Mari Katsumura snack foods, Beer Towers, a weekend Bloody Mary bar, and shareable signature cocktails. Game Room Chicago is the place to be on game day. It's in the Chicago Athletic Association Hotel right across the street there from Millennium Park. And this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, if you go in there and mention the sick podcast, the Game Room Chicago will give you 20% off Beer Towers or large format cocktails the offer is valid Saturday or Sunday. And I think the Blackhawks are playing in one of those games. And uh, you could also watch the Blackhawks game there. Connor Bedard, 
scored his first goal. Hey, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Hey, like I said, I'm 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 giving hockey a shot this year. I need. Some. Oh, so you're not a big okay. You're not a big hockey. No, guy. I I I'm giving. I just like. I grew up with the Mighty Ducks movies, but at yeah. like NHL, not as much. I mean, for me, when the dynasty run happened in Chicago, it didn't feel right for me. Like for me, I bleed the teams I root for. I yeah. passion. What I what I I've waited my whole life for the Chicago Bears to win a Super Bowl. I waited my whole life for the Cubs to win a World Series. The Bulls, I was blessed the day yeah. I, I was born in nineteen eighty five. So I was born the year that Michael Jordan was first starting. You know, so like I hadn't waited my whole life for the Blackhawks to win a championship. Yeah. So when they did, it's, it's just not in my heart to like fake it, like yeah, and 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 do that. So it just didn't feel right. So now we're at the ground floor. Yes, they got Connor Bedard, so that certainly helps. Don't get me wrong, Blackhawks no. fans, but I'm 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 gonna figure this sport out, and I'm gonna start to root from the ground up, day one, off to a good start, one and zero. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that either because uh, as many people are, it always shocks people. I was born in the Chicagoland area, but I grew up in Southern California. So the Bears are the only Chicagoland team I truly support. I'm a Kings fan. So Connor Bedard was either going to the Blackhawks or the Mighty Ducks. And like, neither of those were great options. And you're just like, I don't like either one of these. <laughs> I think it'd be worse if he was, although the Ducks had uh, Timu Solani, and uh, Paul Correa and a lot of great players for years. But uh, they also had Corey Perry, who's the worst. But in any event, uh, good congratulations to Connor Bedard. Let's take some questions from the crowd. Uh, it doesn't have to be hockey talk. Patrick, I feel like things are developing for JF1 and DJM. It feels more like the offense is finding its groove. Am I correct? Patrick, I would agree with that 100%. I think that... You know, again, even though the loss was horrific against the Denver Broncos, eight touchdowns in two games speaks for itself. Yep, no no doubt about it. I mean, one of the observa observations I made at camp was they're not really throwing the ball down the field that much. Well, now they're third in the league in t passes of 20 yards or more. He's one of the top deep ball passers in the league, and a lot of it is going to DJ Moore. I think, I think he has like a perfect quarterback rating when throwing to DJ Moore at this point. So again, as much as we all wanted to just right out the gate, what we envision is how it's going to lay out. And I'm definitely part of this problem when it comes 100%. to visualizing those things and not having patience. It takes time. We just talked about this with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's not something that happens overnight. They've got a few games under their belt, and you're already seeing the fruits of that labor. Yeah, I, I feel like I expected week one's game against the Packers to go like how it went on Thursday night against the Commanders. Well, the worst-case scenario was that it was going to go like it went against the Denver Broncos, where you played really well and right. you lost. And then worst case scenario, I might not ever watch football again would have been what happened actually in week <laughs> one. And yet I'm still here. So that's, that's good news. Yes. Uh, but thank you, Patrick, for the question. Do we have another one there, Sammy? As he's yo, Adam, what are you looking for to get out of this season? Football CFC CF candy. I want to go into this. It's a real complicated situation. And I know, Greg, that you you talked about it up, up at the top about like being in a position. It's a, it's about developing Justin Fields. And so for me, I think when you look at the first three weeks of the season, 
The honest observation was if this season goes the way that it does, regardless of my personal feelings of Justin Fields, you would, you would just be, cause if you had to blow out the coaching staff, you got to get rid of the quarterback because it just, it just doesn't work. You don't want him on his third coordinator, his third head coach. It's just not going to work. And it never works out for anybody. It's better to start with a clean slate. If you had an opportunity to get Caleb Williams. Now we're starting to get into the conversation of if Justin plays like he did the past two weeks, then we know that we have our quarterback regardless of the coaching staff of the future. And if Carolina plays miserable enough that we end up with that number one overall pick, yeah, it would be a conversation for first take for the, uh, for the entire off season of like, should they get rid of Justin <laughs> Fields? Should they take Caleb Williams? Oh man. But if Justin, but if Justin Fields, if he, and it doesn't have to be four touchdowns every game, but if he plays the way that he's played the past two weeks, you could come back. Cause like, and it's, it's not just us. It's not just the meatballs. Like chase Daniel is like, this guy's unstoppable. Like he's so good. And Dan Orlovsky likes him and Kurt Warner and all these guys. It's like, yeah, like if he proves it, then it's like it, we're in a pretty good position to be. And I would I would even surmise that if we're competitive enough, that Eberflus would probably be given the benefit of the doubt, especially with the way that the Bears handle their coaches. 100%. I wasn't thinking that three weeks into the season, no. like even like you said, like going into the commander's game, like, dude, everybody could get fired. But if what I want out of this is what happened with Detroit last year where you're like, okay, like here we are. We won eight, nine games. I'm still going to say 12, but we win those games. And then we're like, okay, Justin's our quarterback. That's great. And then wherever our draft picks are is where they are. And we're moving forward with our quarterback. That's, that's what I, I want. Mean, to- what, what did the line start? One and six, two what and six. You, yeah. What do you think they were saying about their head coach after that start? And it was now- a joke. He's a kneecapping. He was a kneecap biting Moran. Right. And now, you know, they're going to build a statue of him here soon. If they oh, can they make up their first playoff appearance in 30 years and set credit to him. And like you said, that, that has always, that was always the initial goal. Be the lions of this year. Yeah. You know, be in the hunt in that graphic that they show in December in the hunt, yeah. be in that graphic in December. And, you know, we all, you know, you know, it was a tough first three games and I can understand any bears fan, including myself. So I'm forgiving myself for overreacting. You know, it was tough. I mean, that Kansas city game was as embarrassing of a game as I've experienced as a bears fan. I wore a freaking bag on my head for a post game show. That's how I'm That's that was one of the lowest points for me as a bears fan. Yeah. And I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm riding the roller coaster along with everybody else. So to me, the goal should be to be in the hunt Justin Fields right now is on pace for like 3,800 yards, 38 touchdowns. Okay, well, we can temper those expectations on what he's on pace for. 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns. We would, before the season, every single Bears fan would have taken that hands down. So they can get to those kind of numbers for as far as development of the quarterback, get to a respectable win total, try to be in the hunt here in December. Hey, it's right here in front of them. Beat the Vikings, beat the Raiders. And all of a sudden, I think it's the Chargers after that. You have an opportunity on primetime to get back to 500. This this city will be buzzing if they can get themselves back to that point. One game at a time. Yeah, if we can crawl ourselves up from that. That is the one. That is a great point. I didn't think about the in the hunt thing. If we aren't eliminated until like week 17 or something like that, 
I guess that would be considered a success for a lot of people. Not me. That's what everybody tells me to do. They're like, Hey, here's what you should do. I'm like, Nope. Uh, we should, we're going to be this year's Eagles because right. I'm not satisfied and I just got to go out well, there. Right, you get greedy as a fan. I mean, the Cubs, we went through this, this year as Cub fans, you know, we wanted a competitive season. And then you get all the way to the end and you have this commanding wild card lead and you blow it. You fall just short and you're like, well, you're on the right track. But for a lot of Cub fans, that's not good enough. Yeah. And if, if the bears get to December and they blow a game, and and now they're they're looking on the outside looking in of of in the hunt we're all going to remember that denver game like you said that denver game's just going to loom large all season long if if they can get back on track because they should not have lost that game you can ex i can accept the other ones but that one is is just unforgivable the only way you can forgive for that kind of a game is to really make up for it and blow the roof uh, blow the top off the roof and, and and get yourself on the back door of a wild card. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but no. that's what we do on Meatball Island, right? Well, the the best I, I think actually the best the, the, the greatest thing that would be is if uh if the Carolina Panthers finish with the worst record in football and the Broncos are one game behind them. Yep. And you're like, ah, if you would have point, that's nah, a good point. Yeah. If you would have lost, if you would have lost that game, Sean, uh, you would have the first overall pick yep. in the draft. I don't know. Well, there's layers to it, right? I mean, that's what wow. happened with the Bears and Texans last year. The Bears beat the Texans. You know, if the, it, you know, it's in it, in that almost cost the Bears the number yes. one pick. And so now you look at this year, that could be what ended up laying. That could be what ends up laying out. And for me. I'm hyper focused on that. To me, the development of Justin Fields is just as important, or you could even make the argument having that number one pick is more important. And not from the standpoint that they're going to get Caleb Williams. Yeah. I know a lot of Bears fans get on my ass because I talk about the different scenarios and that being one of them. Just push that to the side. Just having the number one pick alone, Justin Fields is your guy. You, tr you have an opportunity to now tell every team bring me a king's ransom and you can have this pick and to me you could trade a team could trade up from three to one and have to give up twice as much as what carolina gave oh, up yeah. to get from nine to one last year that's how impactful it would be for this franchise to get that number one pick so i you know i tell every bears fan like i get we all want to just focus on this sunday but I'm focused on this Sunday for the Bears, and I'm rooting for every damn team that has one win, just like the Raiders on Monday. I was cheering when they when they won the game. You would have thought the Bears were playing that day. Because, uh, they were also playing the Packers. And they're playing the Packers. But still, even if they weren't, every one-win team, I'm, I'm all in for them. And the Panthers, you know. Uh, good Great. luck to you. Good luck to you next year. But I'm rooting on your failure this year. No, no, terrible luck to them. The follow. No, we won't have their number one pick next year. That's right, because we have DJ Moore. Right. So that was that was the we'll take that, was that. The, that was the trade off. It was um yeah. So we're we're looking for people to create space. And here's the thing. And there's a big difference too between the way Justin and we've talked about. We even met, you mentioned this earlier in the show. There's a difference in between the way Justin was playing last year as a quarterback, where it was exciting. Last year was more button mashing of winning. Like, yeah, hey, you're winning by mashing all the buttons. Now that he's throwing four touchdowns a game, that's a different level than what he was doing last season. And if, if that's the Justin that has that, that's there for the entirety of the season, then I think that we check all the boxes. Like, yep, he's the quarterback. Like, he's good. Like, we, we can move this pick and 
figure out what we're doing. Or you know what? Even better, or even the worst case scenario to me would be that Carolina finishes with the third overall pick and the two teams ahead of them need a quarterback. And you're like, right. okay, we'll just take Marvin Harrison Jr. Thank you very much. That'll be that'll be a fun debate too, because people are like, should we take the tackle? Should we take the? It's it, it, Brian Poles is. You know, you can talk about his mistakes all you want, but you cannot argue that Ryan Poles has put the future of this franchise in a really good spot. You cannot argue. It's it's it, there's no argument to be made against that. Period. Even yeah. if he missed on everybody, Brisker, all of them. You, you can talk about the misses all you want. These future first-round picks and it potentially becoming the number one pick in the draft again and maybe one of the most impactful number one picks of all time when you consider the hype behind this kid. I, I'm sorry. He's put, he's put this franchise in a great spot. Yeah. So it, it's it's been amazing, and it's cool. And Kevin Warren, I think, deserves a, when you when you watch football this weekend – Remember when you're watching the the big noon game on Fox, you're watching a 3:30 Eastern, what is it, CBS game with the Big Ten or wherever they are. You've got a primetime Big Ten game on NBC. Kevin Warren set all that up. So when you talk about when everybody talks about this Bears organization has historically been terrible, okay, that might or might not be the case. Kevin Warren is a different animal. He has made the Big Ten the most important conference in college more important than the sec it is the most important conference in all of college football not only has he had them in three important tv slots on three different networks he's also bringing in the la market next year yep with with one of the most marketable teams in in college football (laughs) yeah so don't do not i'd never want to hear the same old bit now not even not even close don't play in the mccas and the mccaskies who get so much grief from you people the fact that they've brought these people in that have put us in such a great spot, they need to be lauded for it. Don't act like Virginia doesn't know what she's doing. This this family's good, and they know what they're doing, and they, and they brought in some smart people who are running this organization, and now it's trending up. And it's funny how it just takes one win for all of us to now be able to admit this. Uh, it doesn't feel as goofy. Is there any more questions, though, Sammy? I don't want to. I don't want to leave anybody out if we needed one that we needed to get to. Uh, Adam and Braggs, uh, how much did having tre- Tevin? Back and giving that O line some badly, some much, yes, some much needed nasty uh, should be created for those, should be credited to those nice pockets last Thursday. I think it's very important. And I think that Tev is just such a, a great presence out there. Yep. And I don't think that it's any coincidence that he returns in a game where we're playing a team that has what, fourth? four first round picks on the, on the defensive line. Yeah. And they, they weren't really getting, I mean, they were getting there, but they weren't really getting adjusted. That last year they made Justin's life hell. Remember they almost, killed oh, yeah. him. they almost killed him last year. That was the game against Washington in primetime where he's literally doing push-ups yeah. on the field because he was getting his ass kicked so many times. Uh, Montez sweat could not be denied. Yeah. They, you know, chase young got to the quarterback, Larry Borum. I, I give him more credit than some other bears fans. And I know, you know, some PFF or whoever's going to say he had a bad day. My expectation level for Larry isn't at Orlando Pace's level. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I thought that he held up pretty pretty well for Larry Borum standards. No disrespect to Larry. I thought he I thought he played an admirable game. But having Tevin Jenkins on that left side to, to deliver some nastiness certainly helps a, as well. And getting Cody back to his original spot at center where he had be, been practicing 
all off season to play. And then they just did this, like oh, this that, switcheroo. That's a mistake. Like that yeah. is, uh, that, that, that was a mistake. And I, again, like I've been critical of the coach probably maybe too much. So, uh, I always try to be nice. I always like, I've, I've never said that I don't like Matt Eberflus as a human being. Uh, there's just times that I question his coaching and one of the decisions that they made of moving Cody white, like just leave him there. Like just figure it out. Like Lucas Patrick can play guard, like find a guard, let Cody stay at center where never, he should be. Never try to fix one position by switching to, yes. you know, you, you, center was fine. Left guard has an injury. All right. Don't now change your center and your left guard. Just switch your left guard. Yeah. Just bring him in. Kick, kick Larry. I I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I like Larry Borum. And I think that, you know, it'll be interesting too. you know, what we do, if we do end up taking a tackle next year, cause I always, I'm a big Braxton Jones guy too. Like we could be swimming in offensive linemen. And I think that Larry Borum and Braxton Jones have played pretty well. I, I mean, Larry Borum's more of a swing tackle for me. Yeah, but and, uh, you got to respect it. I mean, it, uh, I, there was a chance he could be cut if he didn't step up. So uh, I think, you know, he stepped up in this game, see where it goes. Hopefully Braxton Jones can come back. But yes, um, they, they've they delivered some good pockets for Justin the last two weeks. Can't deny that. No, and, and, trust, and Justin is trusting the pockets, uh, which is one of the most important things. So I really... You know, I think again, like it's all just starting to come together, and this is a perfect opportunity against it. And then people will point out, like this defense has struggled, or that defense. I'm like, yeah, a lot of defenses have struggled. We never discredit other people when they're going up and lighting up these defenses. We didn't, we didn't sit here and try to make excuses why Tua Tungavailoa isn't any good because he's playing Denver. We marveled at what he was able to do. Right. Justin Fields deserves the same benefit of the doubt, and I hopefully this week. Uh, he continues on that hot streak. So what do you got coming up by the CG uh, CHGO over the next couple of days? Where can we find you? Yeah. You know, uh, tomorrow uh, at noon, we, our shows are every day at noon uh, during the week and tomorrow at noon, uh, my good buddy, Doug Plank is uh, scheduled to join us. And we're hoping to tr hear some stories from him about the life and career of Dick Buckus, who, who I see over, uh, over your shoulder there and um, maybe get into a little bit of what he thought thinks of this current bears team. So we're excited to have um, uh, Doug plank on. He, he, he's become a good buddy of mine here over the last few years. Uh, still has the energy to play safety. Like he makes, he makes us young bucks look soft. Like he, he looks like he could get in there, line up, put the pads on and, and lay somebody out right here, right now. So I love Doug plank excited to have him on. And then, yeah, we do pre and post game shows, uh, for every game day, uh, an hour before the game, all the way leading up to kick, and then immediately following the game. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it was really nice to talk about a win, and yeah. the hope is here this Sunday we're talking about another win, a nice stair-stepper game here for the Chicago Bears and trying to get back to 500 relevancy. Yeah, it's you know what? I Again, I'm already committed to that. I'm already expecting that. I, uh, I now have every, every, every expectation that now I'm like, yeah, we're going to start winning. We're going to start putting this together. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be some trouble along the road here and there, but I really feel great about the direction of this team. And so I think that this will be another bears victory, hopefully, but I always say that, but I really believe it this time. Uh, but I want to thank everybody who is joining us here tonight. Thanks for all the questions and everybody popping into the, to the chat. I know that that our resident lions fan, I think was here as well. Cause he's, he's like your confidence. Surely I'm like, yeah, it was terrible for a couple of weeks. You know how it goes. 
That's that's been the lion's life. I'm glad that they're enjoying a little bit of the sun right now. Like they should enjoy it. Like you've you've done a nice job. Your team looks pretty good. You're one of the the favorites, one of the darlings of the NFL right now. You've well, deserved it. You're, you're welcome for David Montgomery. Yeah. Oh, I, I I kind of you know what I'm I I still root for him. I still like David yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, I got I like I like David. I'm happy for him. You know, people always getting on my butt because I I always said like you know I, to me I liked Khalil Herbert more. And whenever you play that game of who you'd prefer, that means that you hate the other person. Yes. I don't hate David Montgomery, but if we're going to play the would you rather, you know, yeah. to me, I'm fine with Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. And I think they can do everything that David's doing. David has a great offensive line and a, and a solid team around him. And he's doing exactly what draft Dr. Phil has been saying he can do for years. And anybody that didn't believe he was capable of that doesn't know football, but at the same time, I have a lot of confidence in the running backs. The bears have now the bears need to put those players in the position that David's in where they can get the most out of them. Yeah. And let our guys start to experience beating the Packers as well. That would be a lot of fun. That'd but, be nice. But it is true. Like anytime you're like, Hey, my, my favorite donut is a glazed old fashioned. Like, oh, so you hate jelly donuts, huh? And you're like, no, that's not. <laughs> what's your problem? Why do you hate? <laughs> what's, what's your problem with jelly donuts? Why don't you like, I'm like, no, I like them too. But I, I just prefer what I, if I'm at the donut shop, I'm not eating 13 donuts. Well, that, was, pick... that was the funniest thing about the whole, I, I put out this tweet last week about drawing up the different scenarios that the bears might face going into the end of the year with the number one pick yeah. and everybody's like, why do you hate Justin? I don't hate Justin. It's not a, it's You're not, not paying that. attention no. to all the scenarios here. And then my favorite part about the whole thing was I was like, well, they may have a different coaching staff and everybody was like, yeah, screw them. So apparently it's okay to drop scenarios where we have different coaches, but not the quarterback. Trust me. I get it. Um, I love Justin Fields just as much as any bears fan. But it's and we all want him to be great. And I've, I know that we've both tried to be so explicitly clear of like, you can want Justin to succeed here at the same time, but understand the economics of football, because if there is a question, if you have doubt about him, and again, the last two games would indicate there's no doubt anymore, but this, he sustains this over the course of the season. But at the same time, like if you have doubt, you start over with, if you had the ability to start over with another quarterback who has five years then you the economics are different than if you've sunk 30 you know the olden days where you had to stick with these quarterbacks through their rookie contract just yep. different yeah, we're gonna find out but at the end of the day it's exciting and the fact that we can even talk about these scenarios is 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 a great thing because ryan poles has given the bears an opportunity to have an impactful pick with the panthers pick so thank you ryan Poles. yes yeah thanks Poles. We got you. You're doing a great job. Don't let the haters get you down. And uh, that's our message for this evening. I want to thank uh, Greg for bring for being here uh, this evening. Go watch the uh, the Blackhawks. Oh, rank is on fire. AYSL coach of the year. I don't know. I'm uh There's a there's a there's some heat on me now. We had a great game on Saturday. We won six to two. I uh, I changed up our defense a little bit. Uh, worked on some things. I uh, I my daughter. I finally realized uh, my daughter is just going to, she's, I'm trying to think of the right, I'm trying to think of the right hockey or just like all she does is score goals and she's not interested in defending. And I'm like, you know what? I just got to realize that's all you're going to do. So lean into it. Yep. You got to love it. And I, and then like, as, as he fills coaching his kids, yeah, they, they lost last week and he put this thing on Facebook about, we're going to fight back. 
we're gonna and I just love Phil's passion because I just know how hard he's coaching these kids up. But it's they're gonna it's for the best for him. And but I I just know Phil's energy. And there would be nothing I'd love more than to be on the sidelines watching him coach up, co- oh, coach up the young bucks. I can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Uh, man, I know. I should start. I should start doing post game pressers. Like set it up. What if I could? I wonder if I could green screen something like that and just do it. But uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll figure that out at some point. But again, want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, go enjoy the tape. Never lies. They'll be coming on the air in about fifteen minutes here. Uh, yes. Tell them, tell them that we sent you, so they don't. You know, yeah. Uh, we're gonna get. We'll get Phil. We're gonna. We're we're still working with Phil because it's it's tough with his schedule. Oh my god! He's but the we we want guy in show business. We we want to do the bridge where we would just actually just hand it off to their show and then just be like, so we would go. We would do the fifteen minute overrun. There we go. They would start fifteen minutes early. Uh, what happened to that Feeney guy? He's still there. Yeah, we just haven't used him. Yeah, he's fine. He's slamming beers. But it's okay. if they need him, he's there if available. I mean, nothing's happened to him. Yeah, like, no, it's a good thing. When you have too much of a good thing, you don't have to rely Tevin, on. Tevin's back. Cody's at center. If there's more injuries, God forbid, he's there to be available. Yeah, he's good. We're fine. <laughs> it's okay. End of the show on a Feeney note. <laughs> okay, that, That's the way we, we needed to end it. But again, he, thanks. He'd be, he'd be welcome on Meatball Island. Oh yeah, he's definitely coming to Meatball Island. He hangs out. He's he's the guy who's there like the diet before the game. Like, shouldn't you be going home? You got a game. You got a game to go to. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. And we got to get him an Uber. Uh, but in any event, um, that'll be good. I want to make sure this wasn't my this was okay. Uh, in any event, uh, thanks again to everybody. Hey, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm glad always we honored to be on. I appreciate the invite. No, you're the best. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out and bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.